tonight the message that uh, uh, is on my heart, I want to start by giving a brief testimony of my journey since the departure of my beloved husband of 52 years, some 17 and a half months ago. Uh, uh, I, I intend to give my testimony and then go on to look at this passage in Philippians and see uh, the, the nuggets that we learned from the life of Paul and then look at lessons for us to take on, to take on as we go on to 2021. Um, somebody said that the grief is a price you pay for loving. And certainly the depth of my grief is a reflection of the affection shared with my husband. Uh, it was like being plunked in a massive hole from where there was no way out. And to crown it all, I actually felt hard done by, I felt deprived. And as I've received ministry and read my Bible, I realized that there were some assumptions that I was living by that had no reality with what God says in his word, nor indeed the promises to, of God to us as Christians. Yet if my beliefs and actions don't line up with God's plans, I will be working at cross purposes with God. I also run the risk of missing his best for me. There are gifts that God has put into our lives, such as members of our families, as well as the, the, the things that make our lives comfortable so that we can do our jobs well. You, you, you own a car, you have a house, you have friends, you have a job, you have an aptitude, you have an anointing. These are all gifts but we don't own them. The, the Bible says that a man can have nothing unless it were given to him from above. So when God calls our loved ones home, that sense of resentment or feeling cheated that we feel is actually misplaced. God owns our lives. He determines what happens to each one. Uh, I learned that the number of our days are all written in God's book. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us anymore. It, it, it was just his timing for them. And I need to acquaint myself with what is on God's heart. His word says that not even death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It is the Lord who gives and he determines when he takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A big lesson that I have learned during this period is one of appreciation to God for the blessing that God made my husband to me and to the family and to those who knew him. It has been a time for me to recognize the goodness of God and to learn how, to, how he made the best of what God had entrusted to him. And my determination is to follow his example and to focus on what God has entrusted to me in spite of the great sadness that I feel that is no longer here, I find myself giving thanks to God for so many things my husband was to me. His love, his patience, his support, his encouragement, his strength. Oh, I don't have the time here to go into all the details of, of who he was and what he did. In, in the husband that I had, the lines had certainly fallen to me in pleasant places. And even though he's no longer here, 
I bless the Lord for him. Nevertheless, I continually bless the Lord for enabling me to spend time with him. The, the same feelings we have also when we, when we lose our worldly goods, there is a place for us to recognize that God gave us whatever. It could be a job, it could be a car, it could even be a friendship. We should be thankful for the opportunities that God give us, gives us. When, and when they're no longer there, we need to turn to God to find out what the next season has in store for us. He, he said, he, he works in seasons. He said, as long as earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. At the end of the day, I am not defined by what happens to me. What counts is what God says and what his plans are for me. If God means for me to go to central London and he has or in the meantime, prepared somebody there to help me. And if I choose to go to South London, I wouldn't benefit from the provision God has made for me. Uh, this is a, a precisely what happened when there was a famine in the land of Israel. And God had pro provided a widow woman to care for Elijah. Elijah had to go where God had made provision for him for that period. And if God designs for you to be a, a, a bricklayer and, and because he has projects that he has lined for you to cover, if you insist on being an engineer, you will miss out on the projects God has in store for you. So we need a knowledge of what God is doing. This is paramount in our lives. And also very often we, we misunderstand or, or mistake or or misinterpret the circumstances that, that we face and we can come to the wrong conclusion and impugn the character of God when things don't seem to go the way we want. A clear understanding of, what, of, of, of God and a knowledge of his acts are indispensable for us to attain the victory that God means for our lives. His plan is for us to live victoriously. There are things that God has promised us and those he will honor in unfailingly. But the Bible says that all the promises of God to us, they, they are yes, and in Christ they find their resounding amen. And, and he also says that his word that goes forth from him must always produce fruit. It would always accomplish what he wants it to. It will prosper in, 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 what, in what he has sent, sent it to. I'm aware that many of those listening tonight uh, or watching this service may have had bereavements in recent times or, or maybe not so recent and may have had the same kinds of emotions that I have had. Uh, this year has been a most curious year. Uh, life as we know it is gradually fading into the distance and in its wake, we have a whole series of difficulties and restrictions and constraining circumstances that have really thrown us out of our comfort zone. Very often, it is as if we, we think that God is not aware of what is happening to us. Sometimes we wonder, does he care? 
or indeed we feel that we've been deprived of something that is important for our welfare. But the Bible tells us that God will not withhold anything good from those who trust him. In, in the course of my quest and searching for answers in the word of God, I've come to realize that there, there are a number of assumptions that I have made and indeed wrong ideas about God that I need to change. I find myself like a little bit like the prodigal son uh, in Luke 18, who had a myopic view of his father and he needed a revelation of the love of, of, of his father to be able to enter into the provision of, of, of the fullness of the provision that his father had for him. He was only wanted to come back just to, have, to receive a little bit of a hand-me-down and be a servant. He had no idea of the great love that his father had for him. And it's the same way for us. The great love that God has for us is so all-encompassing. It's to allow us a free run of his house with access to all authority and, and entitlement to joy and celebration all the days of our lives with, with the great commission to announce the good news of salvation. So as we contemplate the past nine months with all the challenges that everyone has faced, we realize that unless we cling to God and align ourselves on the basis of his plan and his purposes, the ships of our lives will plunder. We would need to lean on a number of eternal truths, which are like an anchor that we can lean on to steady the boat of our lives so we can stay the course. Um, from what a lot of people have said and, and prophets and so on have said, the future is not expected to be rosy. We received many warnings of great difficulties ahead. But we as Christians, we have nothing to fear if we are anchored in God. Whatever may be happening out there, if we're fully connected with God and fully aligned with him, we will live in Goshen. It may be gloomy out there, but it is going to bloom for us. In spite of all the plagues in Egypt, when the children of Israel were out there, God protected them. He kept them in Goshen. They were not stuck by one single plague. God will preserve us in his spiritual Goshen. And all, what we need to do is to know and adhere to his plan and his, and his will. God, God's plan for us is to become answers to people's problems, even in the middle of difficulties. Paul was uh, on, on a boat uh, uh, and, and the boat was going to have a shipwreck. He became the solution. He became the one who gave them the strategy for survival and, and, for, and for rescue, even though he was in the middle of, of, of a shipwreck. Joseph found himself in, in, um, in, in Egypt interpreting Pharaoh's dreams, even though he had come through a season of hardship. And regardless of whatever hardship we're going to go through, we, we got, God is positioning us as his instruments so that his power can be released. So as Christians, we need to seek to know God and make it our number one priority like Paul did. And we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 7, um, uh, uh, from 7 to 14 because the, 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 the purpose of us of God for us is that we should be on the same wavelength with him and pursue what is important to him. So I'm gonna read from Philippians chapter three, 
verses 7 to 14. I want to read the amplified version. It's pretty long, but um, it's, it's richer. Say, but whatever former things I had that might have been gained to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing wealth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse and dregs in order that I may win Christ the anointed one and that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the Lord's demands, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standard with God, thus acquired, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. Okay. More strongly and more. Web for perceiving and recognizing, oh understanding the oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Not that I have now attained this ideal or am already made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of and make my own that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. I just want to quickly unpack uh, this uh, passage and just give us a list of 10 things that I, I, I can derive from this passage. The, and Paul says, the, the only important thing for us is to know Christ. The Bible says that those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. God, God has called us into a relationship. We need to know the God that we're serving. We need to know what he is able to do. We need to know what he has uh, entrusted to us, what he has given to us, and what he, he wants to do through our lives. Secondly, we have to do everything to gain Christ. Nothing, is, nothing else is important. Whatever aspirations we may have in this, uh, in this life, the, the, the important thing for us, we have to gain Christ. We must make heaven, whether we like it or not. Like Nigerians would say, by fire, by force. You, you have to gain Christ. You have to gain heaven. 
And, and three, we must do all to gain Christ and become one with him. Not everything else is, is rubbish. The world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The desire of God is that we should be conformed to the image of Christ. God wants to showcase us. God wants to show us off. And we, we need to, to become one with him, to, to be doing what Christ would have done in any situation in which we find ourselves. There's nothing else that, that we are required to do but to be like Christ. Um, number four, God accepts me by my faith in Christ. My faith must speak. The, it, 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 is, it, is, it is my faith in God and what the word of God says that actually makes me a Christian. I have to begin to align myself with the word of God. I have to begin to, to, to breathe and think and live and speak that word, say what the word of God says about me and, and, and believe it, receive it, act upon it and, 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 and see it manifested. God is waiting for us to declare his counsel and to see the manifestations of our, our confession realized because his children stand up and declare the truth of his word. And number five, knowing Christ and, uh, and experience the mighty resurrection power. The, the, the God wants to show his power through us, his children. God wants to show miracles, signs, and wonders that Jesus Christ de demonstrated when he walked this earth. It, that is to be our own default too, that, that we should be doing exactly what Jesus Christ did. The world is tired of words. The world is tired of, uh, of, of, of big speeches. They want to see the demonstration. I think some years ago, somebody said, shut up, shut up and show me. The, it, it, is, it is time for us as Christians to stand up and begin and to enter into that mighty resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We cannot do it unless we know him. We have to be acquainted with him. We have to, to let the word of God dwell in our hearts richly. We have to be, to be, uh, to, to be, to be eating and drinking that word and become so, such a part of us that when we wake up, when we, that is what comes out. We, we, are, we are believing it and we're, we're living it every day of our lives. Number six, we have to be prepared to suffer and share in the death of Christ. It, it is about walking by the spirit so that we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It's, it's about being prepared to suffer for Christ. And that, that is part of our calling. It, it, it is a fringe benefits that comes with believing in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ he said, you should follow me and you shall, you shall, be, you shall be persecuted. You shall have trials. You, you, shall have, you shall have trouble. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Number seven, we have to press on. To, to possess perfection. The, the, when, when the Israelites were in, were in Egypt, we, we read that the more they were oppressed, the more they increased. So we have to continue to press forward. The fact that we encounter difficulty is not a reason for us to pull back. The, we continue to press forward. The God who called us, he is the one who is gonna do it. And therefore we, we will move forward. And we, we know that as we press forward in the power of the Holy Spirit, that God will grant us the increase. Number eight, there's one focus. I have one focus and that is to forget the past. There's nobody who has never had challenges in this life. 
where we, 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 people have had failures, regrets, and all kinds of things, but they, they, we, we are not supposed to live in the past. We're not supposed to, to continue to look, oh, if I had known, or if I had done this, uh, that, that, that is not what God has called us to. God has called us to move forward, to forget the past, forget what somebody did to you, forget what they, what they did not do to you, forget those who looked at you, those who did not look at you. We we're supposed to look to God. Whatever difficulty we may have experienced or challenges, the Bible says that God is able to turn all things together for good. And as, as, we, as we move forward from this year that has been such a trying year, we can make up our minds that we're gonna forget the past. We're gonna lay hold on the God for, for whom nothing is impossible. Lay hold on, on our Father God who, who, who calls light in the midst of darkness. Our God who, who changes times and seasons. We can lay hold on him to turn things around together for good for us. And, and number nine, he says to look forward to what lies ahead. So our aim is to look out at the price that God, God is, is, is calling us to, to look at the end of the race. There is, a, there is a price in heaven that is waiting for us and that must be our great attraction. We cannot afford to, to, be, uh, 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 to be pulled down by the cares of this world. Those are, those are the things that don't, they're not, they don't matter. What, it, what matters is what matters in eternity. Yeah, and, and there's a prize that God wants to give to each and every one of us. And finally, God has left us here for a purpose. The, 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 if, if, if we're still here, it's because there's some, there's an assignment that God has for us. And, and the assignment that God has for us is to bring many lives to righteousness. And, and that, that is our, our, that's our raison d'etre. That's why we're still here. And this is what God is expecting us to do. And therefore we, we, we must fulfill the mandate of God. We must fulfill the, the purposes of God in our generation. It is important for us to, to, us to, 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 to push ahead. Thank God for it, because in spite of the, of the, of the, of the difficulties of, of the pandemic and the lockdown, because we, God has enabled us to be a cell church, we have still been able to continue to meet in small groups. And, 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 and we, God can still use us even to, to reach lives, even in ways that we may not even have been able to do it otherwise. God, God, God has a purpose for us and we would fulfill it. We, we must fulfill the mandate that God has for us. And that brings me now to the, the, the third section of this word, that a number of, of, of realizations that we, we, we must take into consideration and, and use as a, the launching pad for us to uh, uh, navigate uh, our future. Uh, and, and they can be the subject of, of our, our prayer confessions as well, even as we, we go forward in God and, and rely on him, on his power that is made available to us. First of all, we, we need to be secure in the love of God for us. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God says he has loved us with an everlasting love. He, we're chosen by God in, in, in Isaiah 41 verses 9 to 10. God says he, he, that he's chosen us. He says, I am with you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So my brother, my sister, I don't know what challenges you have faced in the past. I want, you to, I want to assure you tonight that God is with you. God has chosen you. 
If you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, God will help you. God will strengthen you. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He, he is a faithful God. He can be relied upon. What he says, he will do. He says, I will, in, in verses 15 to 16 of Isaiah 41, he says, I, 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 will, I, will, I will strengthen you to difficulties. I will harden you so that difficulties will not have dominion over you. He said, I will give you victory over your enemies. God's plan for us is to have victory. He is on our side. He's rooting for us. And our response to him is that is a response of confidence, a, a, a trust in, in a God who, who loves us. And because he loves us, there is nothing that he, God is not going to, going, going to give us. Secondly, our God is a good God. It, 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 every, God is motivated by good. And, and we, we have so much that we can be thankful for. We have food to eat, we have a roof over our heads, we have the love of friends and family, we have the, a, a good church that we belong to. God, God assures us of protection from evil. We can call upon him. He is a prayer answering God. He is the one who invites us to pray. He said, when we call upon him, he will answer us and that we can give him the glory. He, so our response to him is a response of thanksgiving. When, when we, in, in whatever situation we find ourselves, we, we are thankful to God because we have a, we're dealing with a God who is good. He says his plans for us are good. My brother, my sister, your, God has good plans for your life. God has a future for you. If, if, future that is filled with hope and an, an expected end. And, and God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Thirdly, our God is a sovereign God. There's nothing that happens to us. God knows about it. God knew that what was going to happen. Life and death are in the hands of God. And whatever may we, may have, we may have experienced in the course of, of this year, God knew it was, it was going to happen to us, but it, nevertheless, it does, not, it does not mean that God has abandoned us. Then we, we need to go back to him and say, okay, God, if, this, if, if you have allowed this to happen, what, 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 what is your plan? How, what do, how do you want to deal with it? God is, is still in control. God has not left the control of, of the world to, to, to the conspirators. There may be conspirators out there. I actually build, believe in the conspiracy theory, but I believe also that God is over them. God is it's greater than them. And, and, and God, God, God's plan and purpose will triumph in the end. We do not need to have a response of despair. When these things happen, the Bible says well, they, that we should lift up our heads. We should lift up our heads to God who has power over and above the, the, the powers of darkness. And they, can, they cannot triumph over us because our God is sovereign. He, his, his sovereign power can overrule the power of the enemy. And, and, and our, the, whatever happens to us, if he permits it, it is because there is a greater good that God, God has in store for our lives. We can say amen. And so um, if, if, if these things are so, they, then what, what manner of men ought we to be? God, if, if God allows situations to be like this, we have to strengthen our relationship with God. We have to make the most of every avenue, every opportunity that God gives us to, to, to reach the lost. The, there are times and seasons in God and it, believers in Christ thrive in, in, in any situation because God is with us. 
whatever the situation may be, we, we have to see the purpose of God in it and, what, and see what God is going to do. The, 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 the call to us is to arise and to shine that the glory of God may come upon us, that God may be glorified in our situation. The, our, our, our duty is to rely upon God. And we, 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 we know that when we rely upon God, we, the, the victory of the cross will be manifest in our lives. It is not about us. It is about, about Christ. It's about what Christ has done. It's about what Christ has won on the cross of Calvary. It's, it's, it's about his victory over the powers of darkness. It is about what he is able to do. The Bible says in, in Ephesians 3.20, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. There is a, there is a greater power of God that is at work that is able to overturn just like one minute, the, the powers of darkness. When, when, the Egyptians, when, when the Egyptians were oppressing the children of Israel, from one day to the next, the, one plague after the other, not a single one touched the children of Israel. And, and God was able to overturn the powers of, of Pharaoh. And the, it is still the same God that we're serving today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My brothers and my sisters, I want to ask us to look up to look up to God and, and to expect him and, and to, to see Lord God, you're gonna get glory out of, out of this situation. Whatever, whatever may be happening, Lord, what is your purpose? And, and the purpose of God is to, to do us good. The, the purpose of God is for us to have the victory. The purpose of God is for, is, is for lives to be saved. The, the purpose of God is, is that Jesus Christ may be glorified. And, what do we say as, as Christians? We have to learn to rely upon the word of God. The, uh, with the Bible said, whatever, when we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. We shall be delivered. We shall, we shall be rescued. We shall be preserved. We shall have the victory. We shall have, we shall have healing. We, 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 we in the, in, as, we, as we approach this new year, let us go with, with that mind the, the, the mindset of victory, the mindset of putting our hands in the hands of, of our God, who is a victorious God, a God of power, a God of might, a God for whom nothing is, nothing is impossible, the God who is able to turn things around, the God who can move mountains, the, the God of, 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 of the almighty God, the great God, the good God, and renew our mind with the word of God, cast down imaginations and any high thing that may want to set itself about, against the knowledge of God and, and think right, speak right. We can only think right and speak right as we think the word of God, as we speak the word of God and, the, and, the, and be prepared to be manifested as the, as the, as the sons of God who, who have come to turn the world upside down. This is the will of God for us. This is the plan of God for us. This is the purpose of God for us. And I, my prayer is that Kensington Temple, we will arise to a new day, a new day of power, a new day of glory, a new day of, 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 of the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon every single member that we would demonstrate the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I give God the praise, I give the God the glory. May we just bow our heads in prayer, even as we, as, as, as we just commit ourselves to God, even as, as the year comes to an end. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. 
that you have chosen us, Lord God, and that your desire for us, oh God, is to be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray, oh Lord God, that we will be aligned to your will. We pray, Lord God, that we will come to know you more. We come to, to, to know the power of your resurrection. We'll be found in you, that your glory will be seen in our lives, oh God. Lord God, that we'll be able to put our hands in your hands so that we can demonstrate the presence of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you, you would find it fate, oh God, to, to do your miracle signs and wonders through our lives that would, would open the eyes of the world that, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that many souls would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we commit ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you. We ask, Lord God, that you raise us up anew and that we may arise and shine, that your glory may be seen. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus Christ's name, we have prayed. Amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah.